Hello everyone, and welcome to the Dice Will Roll Fists of the Ruby Phoenix Retrospective. Here. We. Are. It's so fucking Jovert. Seconds God. after the end of the campaign, we are recording... Oh god! We were so back, but now it's so over. Oh my god. Yep. It... I felt like I was ready for Ruby Phoenix to be over. I really did. I was... Yeah. We've got the story. It's all good. But then last week while we were recording the finale, <laughs> like, you know, the, the uh, Sindara boss fight, I was like, oh, God, I'm not going to be running for these guys anymore. What I'm do not you gonna, mean? We're not playing next you week. <laughs> I'm not going to be playing Lolo. I'm not going to be... <laughs> oh, my God. That's oh. the hardest hit of it all, not playing Lolo anymore. But it generally yeah. is because he's so fun <laughs> to play. Um, Just having this stupid old man. Oh, my God. How are Put you guys him in the doing? Next campaign. Put him in the next one. <laughs> he just shows he up just for no shows reason. Up. Oh my god, I'm actually, I'm actually crying a little bit. Did you guys I, cry? Did speaking, I do it? Yes. Speaking of crying, uh, I'm not crying right now, but during the scene with Chuji and their mom, I cried. Oh my god, did <laughs> did you? I I was definitely getting emotional. Yeah, I, I cried. <laughs> um, oh shit. How I would that? like to cry right now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Fucking... I, I I cried in the scene, like right at the end when you said this, the coin slot thing. I I started. I l- uh, let's yeah. just say that if I was physically there, I'd have started punching you. If I was not on <laughs> testosterone, I would be fucking crying my eyes out. <laughs> testosterone <laughs> is, is is has got you in a chokehold right now. No, literally, it makes you fucking cry less. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be going on tea. I I hope you guys know, by the way, I've been preparing so hard for this particular session that I literally wrote out every NPC and what they were doing and had like notes and notes about everything. I so, none of that was improv. I wrote everything out in advance because I was so, it was the only way I could deal with the anxiety of, oh my God, it's over. I can't do this. (laughs) It it doesn't feel like it's time. The story feel like there's nowhere else for the story to go. It's perfect. They got their happy ending. Yeah, I I, I fully fucking agree. It's I I'm so used to six book adventures that I'm like, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you mean? What do you but mean also, you the, what do you mean? But yeah. also at the same time, we've taken about the same amount of time as we've taken for six power adventures, just because there were like when I came to California to see you guys, yeah, and then of course we had like our month where we weren't able to record as much, family and, emergency. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. So we yeah. we did play these guys as much as anyone else, but it, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. I guess like we did have like a few breaks in between, like of course, but if we if we don't put those in the equation, this was only like fifty episodes, whereas the other yeah. two were eighty. <sighs> yeah. And I mean, that's kind so. of like the reality going forward is that most Pathfinder adventure paths are going to be tree books because yeah. um, they just they are easier to produce and they're easier to sell, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Because they take less time to run. And while we power true our adventures with a hefty amount of roleplay, by the way. Um, We're the weirdos. Yeah. Yeah, most other people <laughs> take like 200 episodes to get through them, you know? Damn, couldn't be us. Yeah. Right, that is wild. No, we, we, we don't take that long. Yeah, um, I think it's because you guys are very good at just 
doing concise and emotional roleplay. You get it done. Mm. You don't flounder. There's no getting sidetracked by silly stuff. You're here for the plot. And then when the plot takes a break, you roleplay. I think the the history of literally roleplaying and also the fact that two out of three of us, two out of four of us even, um, like I was, I, like I was, I was thinking like me uh, of like as the players, uh, but like I think that out of the four of us, two of us are also like we did theater. Mm-hmm. Not mm. that you need to have done theater to know how to do this, but because that was like the background. Plus, mm. I've I've literally like I've taken like a college class on improv. Mm-hmm. And I was just a theater friend, you... so I got everything through osmosis. <laughs> you just what? you just got it by having to show up at everybody's place. Literally. Mm. Um. Oh my god! So, how was that? How did I do? <laughs> how was you did fucking was... fantastic? Yeah, yeah, those were a lot uh, of fucking NPCs, dude. I have yeah, never you run a lot more. of NPCs. You're crazy. It's it was a lot You're of people. Deranged. Um, and I'm I hope that they made like impressions on you. It's eventually. It started feeling like the teams themselves were singular NPCs and the different people in it were like facets of that NPC, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's how, kind of how it felt to play them. Um, but you know what's something I am glad to be leaving behind, briefly at least? What? Maybe That's one that. day we'll return to it. But I'm glad to be not in Tian Shosun. Would you like to know why? 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 Because I can't do accents as well in Tian Shou. That is fair. <laughs> that is super true. That's totally I, I fair. couldn't, I, I can't, obviously I would it never is, do a, a fucking weird. It would weird, be really offensive if you did any An Asian accent, accent yeah. And if yeah. I did um, non-Asian accents, like if I just randomly gave a character a German accent, it's like, but they're why? Tian. Yeah. Why would you do that? Right. <laughs> So that was something I was really worried about when I was running was like, oh, God, sometimes my character voices are the same. Like, here, real fast. Is this the Ruby Phoenix? Is this uh, Nyan Fei? Or is this Kuma Shai? Hello. How are you doing today? Mm. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> the answer is yes. Joke's on you. It was Hikari. Oh, no. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, that's just because I, I couldn't, you know, no one ever yeah. mentioned it. And I'm so glad no one ever mentioned it. Thanks, listeners. Um, I think they would have yeah. mentioned it more if we went with like the Asian accents, but it's a good thing we didn't. But, yeah, I feel perhaps that maybe that would have been mentioned for different reasons. Uh, the um, most we could we, ever do is like Sanku with the Filipino accent, but that's about yeah. it. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine? Dave, can you we're give us a Filipino, so we're taking pictures. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> That's me doing the Shuni voices in Extinction Curse. Ah, oh, sure, look, you know how it is yourself, like. <laughs> oh my god. god. Um, and, the only, and the only reason I, I could say like say that phrase, because I, I don't do a Filipino accent very much because I don't speak um, Tagalog or anything, so the accent doesn't like come naturally. Um, it's mm. because of a Filipino YouTuber that I like that makes that joke, that particular <laughs> joke all the time. Is it Ants Canada? I bet yeah. it's Ants Canada. Uh-huh. Yeah, knew it. Um, Ants so... Canada's Filipino? Yeah, he's... Yes. He, I didn't if know you... that. Yeah, I've never cause... actually seen Ants Canada. I don't watch a lot of his videos. Not only is he Filipino, but he's bisexual and in a relationship. <gasps> Ants Canada's bisexual? Wow, I didn't bisexual. know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll like I'll send you a video. I'll send you a video of him and stuff. But yeah, he's, he's so Filipino. back it's on the Canada, topic. If you're listening to this, I love you. 
<laughs> back I'm on sure the topic he's of Fist of the Ruby Phoenix. Um, yeah. So we we have questions from our our amazing fans. Uh, oh. So we'll be able to go through a few of those. Um, mm-hmm. But beforehand, I want to kind of talk about um, the history of Ruby Phoenix, specifically for uh, us and how we did it. Sure. Um, because we weren't originally going to do Fist of the Ruby Phoenix as our campaign tree. Oh my god. I totally we were forgot not. about that. I yeah. totally oh, yeah. forgot. We made characters for another campaign. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Um, You're literally so right. So you guys forgot <laughs> about that? Cool, because I, I, I have not. Guilt every I will never day. forget. I honestly totally forgot about that. <laughs> uh, that's really <laughs> like, funny, I... considering you literally have that character in Dice World elsewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, wait, wait, wait. Which? Oh, right. <laughs> so originally, we were gonna play another one-e adventure pack, uh, War for the Crown. Which is a high political intrigue adventure where uh, you guys are basically spies in a civil war, uh, which is good, and it was would definitely been really role play heavy, but um, it was also very grim at times, um, like sexism and homophobia are apparent themes in it, and there's also like just a startling amount of um, probably. Unintended, but there is like some anti-Semitic teams throughout that did make me a little uncomfortable to run it, and they're kind of core to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, blood sacrifice and uh, secret societies, and uh, you know, rat people. Can but, we? Oh my god! Can we talk shortly about our characters for that? Yeah, uh, because I <laughs> actually think that the they all of them in their own way informed your Fist of the Ruby Phoenix characters. Mm-hmm. Ritz, I you don't talk mind about, it. Yeah, Ritz, you want to talk about yours real fast? I do because I love my character. Um I I was gonna play a girl. Mm-hmm. I was gonna play oh a lady. My, oh my her, god. Her name was Carlotta. Um and she was a fucking vampire. Not just a vampire, a full on vampire. Yeah, a full on vampire. She had a an undead butler named Greaves. That is the greatest. Um, and she was an advocate for... <laughs> she was an advocate for ethical necromancy. <laughs> yeah, I have to write like a whole uh, thesis on why uh, using necromancy but not using void energy is ethical, actually. Yeah, um, son of a bitch. Which is really funny. That's funny. Um, and then, of course, you turned around and you made uh, Chuji into a dampier rather than a vampire. Yes, I because, wanted to yeah. play a, a vampire character. Um, I think you did a great job at it. Thank you. I don't um, remember who my character was. So I don't remember your character's name, but I do remember the concept, and this will be really fun. Uh-huh. The concept was essentially that this was a young a summoner, not a witch, a summoner who had uh, a knight protector. Like a oh. a nice a ghostly knight that would like manifest around him and fight off bad guys, right? Oh yeah. And then that eventually blended in with another idea when we swapped to Ruby Phoenix. Um, because basically what happened was I had been like, guys, I'm not really sure about War for the Crown. I know you guys all have really good characters. Maybe we can port them over to this instead. Um, and I I have felt very guilty about that for a while. No, I, you're, you're I, totally fine. I, I don't okay. feel guilty about it. 
Plus, looking back at War for the Crown, there's War for the Crown is fine. Like the campaign is fine, Mm. but um, some of the stuff that you said was in it were things that were like. It's the kind of thing that like I would keep the good vibes going. You know, I there are things in it that I would have stopped watching a movie because of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's as much as I would have loved to play like Carlotta, and maybe I will again one day because. I mean, I feel like I feel like Carlotta Um, could be used in another campaign eventually, whether it's for Dice Roll or Um, not. I would not have liked to play that campaign, knowing mm-hmm. what's in it. I genuinely, I pro- I probably would not have enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's a little yeah. darker than I think that either that any of us are kind of like into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like at least for I, this sort of thing. I can usually handle some pretty dark things and pretty like dark themes, but I do have a line. <laughs> um, yeah, and those books cross that line. Also, in thinking about Sarah, who. I was going to yep. use for War of the Crown. Yeah. <laughs> and ended Seraphim, up being <laughs> their own Seraphim Kastner, the fading fox was going see, and it makes a lot of sense then, right? Like the idea yeah. of a monarch hunting vigilante. Of course it would be in War for the Crown. Yeah. But you know what? Who would Sarah be without the best character of all time? <laughs> Tinkly doesn't neatly. That is You're so right. fucking true, though. If we if we didn't cancel uh, fucking War for the Crowd, we would have never gotten Pleatly. So count your lucky fucking stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also the fading, the fading fox, Kitsune, Masami, mm-hmm. robe yep. stuff. Like it's it's very it's very dare. I I was clinging on to Rogue so fucking hard because (laughs) I never played Rogue ever in any of our campaigns, and it's one of my favorite things. It's literally one of my favorite classes to play in games that are like high Mm. fantasy, like fucking Skyrim. I always went Thieves Guild, Dark Brotherhood, level a hundred stealth every time. What's really funny as well is that Masami. Sorry, go go on. I was going to say, I can imagine in my head exactly the type of character that you would play in any fan- fantasy game ever. Um, so, uh, are you going to play a rogue in Baldur's Gate? Uh, I already get that with Astarian. Um, <laughs> I'm playing a warlock now. Yeah, it makes He's sense. He's so fruity. He's so fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's very fun. What's really interesting is, um, you guys obviously talk to these characters in stride, but Dave... You had another character concept that you blended into the idea of this protector guy, which ended up being Lolo, which is really funny. Do you you remember Um, what that concept was? (laughs) Yes, Yes, I do. Um, You wanted to be a witch who had a dragon familiar, but here's the big twist. That dragon familiar was evil. Actively, maliciously evil. Sanku, my boy. Don't listen to (laughs) the others. Kill the kill the innocents. Take their gold. We'll <laughs> oh, need it. And you basically, the idea was this guy who had this evil dragon familiar who then didn't listen to, he listened to what the dragon familiar had to say, but then twisted his words against him. Like, take the gold. It's like, you be like, okay, I'll take the gold. Hey, can I take your gold? Oh, uh, why? What? No, you can't have it. No, not have it. Can I just take it for a second? I want to see if I can figure out a good budget for you all. And they'd be like, oh, thank you. You know? <laughs> Oh my god! I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I have a lot of character ideas all the time, forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, a majority of them don't get used for this. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally, I'll come up with a character idea so good that I hold it, hold on to it. Um, yeah, but we we were also going to play. Funnily enough, we were going to play Ruby Phoenix, but in a home game that I do for uh, Dave and Ritz with some other friends from uh, from elsewhere, mm. and the 
concept for the party there wasn't actually that they were from oh my god <gasps> wait is this the they were going to be a rock band from yes! the darklands i had oh my the god. sexiest fucking character i have ever made i don't mm-hmm. think i drew my character but i if i recall correctly they were an inventor? Yeah, they were an orc inventor and their innovation was a giant construct drum kit that they would ride around on and bum, 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 Why am know? I so cool without remembering? <laughs> um, and KK, I actually have something really interesting here for you as well. What's that? The different seeds I gave you from Asami's backstory. Oh, (laughs) so I gave you several ideas for backstories for Masami because you weren't really sure at the start. And I was like, here, let me give you a few that will link into the plot. And they're going to call them out and you're going to get so angry as you realize where I was going with all of them. Okay. Number one, I'm with the Pathfinder Society. There are many Pathfinders in Tianxia, a higher concentration of them here uh, than anywhere else in the world, save for the Inner Sea. This branch of the Pathfinder Society is the Lantern Lodge. As a group of explorers, archaeologists, and adventurers, Masami would feel right at home in the Lantern Lodge. Um, and the right. idea that I was going to do there was that you would be basically asked, to basically have the sus on the Golden League from the start and play kind of mm-hmm. a detective type character. Okay. Which is the least interesting of these because the rest of them are really, really funny. Yeah, okay. And it's specifically Kaiju Battle Survivor. Oh, I remember that, that one. You witnessed Kaiju fighting. Yep. The Golden League, of course. Way of the Ninja, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Dragon Student. Specifically, Masami would know all about dragons and specifically this one mighty dragon called the Celestial Dragon. Okay. Among the oh, yokai, yeah. Masami was raised among yokai. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Raised in a monastery atop a mountain range in Tian Sha. Son of a bitch. <laughs> and Gokun aristocracy. Um, unfortunately, rich people exist everywhere and they suck everywhere. Um, yeah. Masami would have basically been part of, like, a secret part of the Gokun royal family, you know? Mm hmm. But I think it's very funny that I was like toying with the idea of Masami being like wary of kaiju or knowing all about the celestial dragon. I think <laughs> the ninja stuff and the Golden League stuff, you asked to blend them together and you made such a choice backstory. Yeah, because um, when we were thinking, because you were saying that when we were thinking about these characters, think like the most anime that you could ever get. Mm-hmm. And like I grew up on both Dragon Ball and Naruto. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was pretty easy for me in that aspect. Um, to the point where I gave you a fucking watch list. <laughs> yep. Oh god. Oh, we- actually, uh, I'm pretty every single one of us gave you things to watch. Yep. Um yes. I still want to finish uh what I wanted to watch with you. Yeah. Do you guys want do you guys want to talk about uh briefly what it is that each of yes. which anime inspired each of your characters? Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So KK. You had me watch the Sasuke uh, Retrieval Arc of Naruto, and it was fucking amazing. I had arc. you, I had you watch part of it. It's literally the best arc, um, other than like the Chunin exams and the uh, the. Your favorite arc is that the Boruto arc. Dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. I understand that people can like Boruto. It didn't get it uh, objectively. It didn't get good until the fucking recently, and mm. I refuse to watch it. <laughs> 
<laughs> what <laughs> I will say right is, for Naruto fans, um, KK told me very specifically that Shikamaru was uh, the one who really inspired Masami. Yes, and I think so I think you can really true. see that, right? Yes, yeah, it's a fucking smart, cool guy. Um, <laughs> I, I think I read Naruto for you as like a teenager. Yeah, <laughs> I borrowed it from the fucking library. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I gave you the Sasuke retrieval arc, and then if we ever got to Shippuden, I gave you like the entire arc where fucking the entire like Shikamaru arc that's in there. I'm not gonna spoil it. You, you I think you showed me a few one-off episodes in it. Yeah, uh, as well. Yeah, there were some oh, good. Was really good. Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of those we all watched together. Yeah. What you Ritz? Will you tell uh, tell everyone? It should make sense a lot of sense about you. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> the 2d is without a doubt completely and utterly a a fucking my love letter to ranma half um 2d is a fucking 2d is the love child of ranma and akane let's be real yeah i i you i bought the ranma uh, a, a volume of ranma specifically to research it and like even just looking at the art of it Every single frame of Ranma is just so achingly Chuji core. It is unreal. Yeah, I I've always wanted to make a character that reminds me of Ranma, and Chuji makes me just so happy because they do such a perfect job for me. Um, I've tried it before uh, with like a magical girl OC. It didn't quite work, um, but. I yeah. There's other things, of course, that influence Chuji. Other animes that I've watched, like I don't know, Penny and Stocking. Um, yeah, I could see that. Oh, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, but they're just so Ranma. Uh, Ranma is such an important part of my childhood and my queer identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I love it. I love it, and I I want I want to revel in it. <laughs> and so I did. <laughs> It worked really well, genuinely. I'm I'm like flicking through the uh the chapter now. It's um volume Volume eleven. It's volume eleven. Ooh. And I'm it's such a fun read. And literally, like I said, every single frame feels like a picture of Chuji, you know? Yeah. If you are and transgender, I, you mm-hmm. should you should watch or you should read Ron Math. And That's I think true. the Shuji relationship as well is very Ron core. We did not mean to do this. Ren, my boyfriend Ren, uh, he we he designed Shen, and he did not mean to do this, but he kind of made him Kuno core a little bit. Um, oh, and another massive influence on Chuji was Inuyasha, and we accidentally also mm-hmm. made them a little bit. <laughs> Honestly, that's fair. That <laughs> makes total sense. I see it. <laughs> yeah, Shen is very Sashimaru core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And oh god, uh, yeah, he did not mean to like do this, um, but he's he's very like Kuno core. If Kuno wasn't a total fucking bumbling idiot, <laughs> uh, personally, I love I love Kuno and Ranma. I think they're very cute. Uh, Ranma and Akane till I fucking die, of course. But mm-hmm. I love Kuno. Kuno is one of my favorite characters ever. And of course, uh, Dave. I think anyone with an eagle eye should be able to tell because of the staff. But um, tell me, what's up with uh, Sanku? What was his inspiration? 
I usually say that the first anime that I watched was Oran because it was the first anime that I went in with the intention of it being anime that I watched. Yeah, I got you. Um, but the first anime series that I watched was Ajin Majo Doremi on 4Kids. <laughs> it's not good. It's not a good dub. Um, but the anime itself is really good. It's uh, It was the first Magical Girl series I had ever seen. Um, but it's not the only inspiration. Ajin Majo Doremi is like magical girls but they're like actual 10 year olds versus like mm -hmm. adults the problems for them are literally like the daily lives of being children like oh my god somebody got hurt but you can't cast a healing spell because then the the healing that like the pain will go on to you and it's like they've scraped their knee mm -hmm. you know like it's that that is the level of when when i watched a few episodes of you my favorite was when one of them uh wanted someone's dad to go uh, visit their friend uh, oh at a school play or God. something. And it was the for the parent-teacher day. Yeah, and he wasn't going to be able to make it, so she used her magical girl powers to make a, a clone dad to go to her friend's thing so that her friend wouldn't be sad. But then, the real dad made time to go anyway, so now there's two dads. It's very, like, low stakes. <laughs> yes, it's, but it I liked was it very silly. And uh, Sanku's staff is a direct reference to Ojimajo, yeah, it's it's right? a it's a it's a reference to the um wands that all of the witchlings, which is what they are, they're they're like witches in training, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and the idea is that those are their spell slots, the little balls in mm -hmm. there, their little orbs, magical orbs that are basically their spell slots. But they're things they have to buy more. Th mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that here. Um, but it's not the only anime that inspired uh Sanku um part of it was also like Shugochara the concept of like uh doing what you want to do and following your dreams um mm -hmm. like fostering the like the, the 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 dreams of the child um and not doing what other people expect you to do which is very Shugochara um and basically all magical girl anime not as much Sailor Moon because uh I haven't watched Sailor Moon <laughs> yeah I've read some chapters and I am reading it, but I just didn't grow up with it. I just didn't mm -hmm. grow up with it. Okay. Um, for me, by the way, just to give you guys context as to why I ran stuff the way I did, um, I didn't watch a ton of anime when I was like a kid kid. Um, most of the anime I watched then was like, you know, shonen stuff. I think Pokemon. Uh, well, Pokemon was the one I grew up with, and I think the one that like influenced the way I did like a lot of this stuff. But um, a lot of the anime I ended up watching afterwards was stuff like Future Diary or um, oh. Haruhi Suzumiya, which didn't really impact um, Ruby Phoenix as much. So ultimately, it was you guys' animes that like showed me the path, you know? Um, I have one last thing before the we path, go into questions. The path, uh... the path to find. Fellas, there's one last thing. There's one last thing. We're going to execute Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> Choosing a name for the Radiant Winds. Oh, oh my god. We're god. usually so fucking good at finding names. You know, episode zero? Yeah. <laughs> um, that was real. <laughs> like, that yeah. was real. They, they were we weren't sure. <laughs> when they were all pitching names, we were really trying. I have a list. Would you like to hear a few of the names? Oh and my god, oh, please. Yeah. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. Here we go. <clears throat> The Fighting Fists, 
the Furious Fists, the Fists of Fervor, the Fists of Fury, the Dragon's Way, the Fists of Thunder, the Goka Connection, the Key Blast Kids, the Key Rush Hustlers, <laughs> the Magnificent Brawlers, the Hidden Dragons, the Diamond Fist, the Moonlight Fist. We really liked Fist for a while. The Fists yeah. of Aether, Goka Grit, Chusaku, which is a combination of Chuji, Masami, and Sanku. That was uh, my favorite out of all of them. That was cute. It was cute. Um, there was the World Weavers. Um, we briefly considered Sparrows, um, but this is really fun. We considered Sparrows because they represent diligence and creativity. And then uh, I was like, I'm pretty sure Sparrows are important in East Asia, right? And you guys were like, yeah, somehow it feels like it might be. And then we Googled Sparrows Asia and we found a four pest campaign and we were like, oh, <laughs> oh, when, um, when Mao Zedong killed all the sparrows and it led to ecological devastation, right? Maybe not. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> um, but would you like to know how we came up with Radiant Winds? How did we come up with it again? I forgot. So we were using, at this point, we were so desperate, we were using a random name generator, which is true ver- nouns together. And we had the Radiant Bond, right? Mm-hmm. And then Radiant Bond, Ritz, you suggested Radiant Storm. And then we're like, what's a gentler version of a storm? A wind. Cool, because they go wherever the wind takes them. The Radiant Winds, right? Perfect. Yeah. But would you like to know another name we got from that uh, name generator that we all very much so considered? <laughs> what? Exalted Horse. <laughs> oh, that one was really good. <laughs> That's a really good one that really like paints the struggle of loneliness in Ruby Phoenix. Yeah. I I was... I was so hesitant about Radiant Winds because for me, it was so close to uh, Golden Wind, mm-hmm. which is part five of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I mean, perfect because like, it's a fucking fighting anime campaign and yeah. JoJo is like the fighting anime. Yeah, there's literally a feat that, uh, that you can get if you're a fighter. Um, Isn't which... JoJo literally inspired by Fist of the North Star? Yes. Yes. Um, there's a there's a feat that you can get it, uh, if you're a level 20 fighter that played in it's the Ruby Phoenix called Sever Space, which lets you cut the space between you and something else and zip them closer to you, which is literally the hand from part four. Yeah. it's And when I commented on this once and I was like, hey, it's funny how that turned out, right? Luis Lozo was like, yeah, I did that on purpose. There's also a few <laughs> Jujutsu Kaisen and uh, the Ranger one gets Zawardo, you know? I fucking love Luis. Luis, great. Luis, we love you. And James Shout Case, out. by the way, uh, James Case, author of Book Tree, did uh, comment in the Dice Roll server. I didn't know he was there, but he commented in spoiler <laughs> chat uh, saying that he was listening to the final fight and screaming, Kick his ass, Raging Winds! <laughs> <laughs> James is such oh, a fucking talented perfect. author. He's going to be the guy running um, the, the, like, he's going to be a big part of the new Tianxia books that are coming out next year. Ooh, I'm okay. excited. I'm excited. Um, I'm really it's glad. So like, I I won't go into it for a long time, but I'm Latino and Filipino, and you know who the you know what they've been paying attention to, <laughs> like like uh Central American uh mythology and Asian mythology. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Uh, James is um I believe he is uh Korean and Hawaiian, and he lived in Japan for a while, so he's like got this unlock. He's amazing. To be um, frank, it's actually helped me connect more with my own culture. Because yeah. I, making Sanku, I paid attention, this isn't about anime, but I, a lot of him was uh, paying attention to, um, like, 
Filipino like culture because I was trying to make a Filipino character. Mm-hmm. And oh, then I discovered like pre-colonial Filipino mm-hmm. stuff, and that was something that I wouldn't have done if I didn't have the chance to. One last thing, thing. Uh, when we were looking, because like you basically were looking up like military Lolita, I think it's called. The um. Oh yeah, that- yeah. It's it's a controversial topic. Yeah, I can imagine. But you because like a lot of uh, Filipino stuff is seafaring, which is why Sanku yes. is a, a little fish boy. Yeah. Um, but for a while, Lola wasn't a dragon. Was he, he was a giant crab. Oh my oh, god! And, I literally forgot that. And uh, we changed it. Would you like? I forced Dave to change it one day because I saw a picture of a crab and I saw its face and I was like, "Oh, it's so gross! It's like a giant spider." <laughs> That's why you changed it. I, I actually changed remember it. because faces. you you they're started cute. getting uncomfortable. They're not. And I was they like, fucking... but they're cute, and you were like, "I hate it," and I was like, "Okay." It was a it was a coconut cute. crab, I believe. You know, like I mean, one of those you're, fucking massive ones. And I was just imagining them eating poor Amelia Earhart, the feminist icon. And I was like, Amelia no. Earhart was not eaten by crabs. She super was. That's literally she what super was I'm, not. No, I'm pretty sure that like her dead body might have been eaten by crabs. Yeah, Are no, you no, fucking no. serious? Yeah, dude. They yeah, fucking I'm, found like, I'm, no, like human remains near a crash plane site where she went down. Well, and, free food for crabs. the fucking crabs. There's a massive population of coconut crabs on that island, and the bones show signs of scavenging. You want them to starve? I think it's actually so funny that you did that. Like, I like Lolo <laughs> as he is. I think he's. I think he looks much cuter as a silly, dopey dragon mm-hmm. with those vibes. Um, Thank you. I'm just... a crab. Bring me, bring me more, Amelia Earhart. No. Um. No. Anyway, shall we do some questions? Yeah. From, our, from our amazing, beautiful fans who we love so much. Yeah, absolutely. I love you, fans. Um, car- okay, question one. Characters in conception can change a bit in play, sometimes in surprising ways. Was there anything that your characters did that surprised you? Hmm. Oh, God. Nothing I, I could know. think of at the top of my head. I, I had a really, really strong vision for Sanku when he came into being and he didn't surprise me i have had characters surprise me before but uh senku is not one of those characters mm-hmm. yeah i feel a lot of characters that seem to surprise me at times but i i also really just had such a clear idea of chuji from the beginning they really have not changed there much is since there is their... one thing really was there the monster collecting Oh, uh, well, yeah, okay, that changed, but... That changed, but that was just because there was less monsters in this human-fighting-centric campaign than would have been ideal. Oh, you know what? Um, I think maybe I actually was a bit surprised by how Chuji and their mom went about mm-hmm. uh, as, like, a character thing. Uh, I don't... I don't know that I intended for that to be such a big thing for Chuji. Um... And I also don't know that I intended for Chuji to have like such a strong friendship with Yarika either. Um, yeah, I mean, I that was a massive surprise. I was just like, oh, I'll have this random character interact with Chuji, best friends for I life. Yeah, I, I love Yarika. Um, I yeah, I think those mostly surprised me. I I yeah, both of those are really important to me, and I didn't really expect them, especially not from the beginning. Like I, I expected Chuji to make friends, but Yarika and Chuji, blood brothers. Mm-hmm. Well, you missed that. Oh. I'm gonna have to stop calling you that. <laughs> you gotta get used to new names. Soon. Oh yeah. Oh, we'll get to yeah. that. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Luna, what about you? Any surprises from Asami, or did you kind of have them on lock? Um, I my... can think of one. I can think of one. Uh, well, 
what what was what was it? What do you think? Masami slut. Okay, yeah. a little bit. That, that was not something I think. Eat. I think what happened was. I had Zumi do like a flirt and be like, if anyone wants to join me in the bats. And then Masan was like, bow, wow, wow, wow. And then <laughs> it just <laughs> literally kept happening. Literally, Masami would just look left, look right. No one was there. <laughs> All right, I'm going. <laughs> that was such a surprise. I think, I think they also wore like a sexy pajama or something. Like they were wearing like uh something revealing yeah. for their clothes oh my god yeah their fucking pajama clothes was literally a crop top and fucking boy shorts <laughs> <laughs> sorry my I didn't mean Lord. To cut across. it's just something that surprised me with masami because i had never been discussed it just yeah. happened it literally just happened this was not inspired by literally any anime or, or anything <laughs> at all it just happened with them because i was like that this was, sounds about right it was just so the funny. spirit of anime it was the spirit of the harem pretty anime much. pretty much mm. yeah the cool guy has to be a little slutty, just a little bit. Hello. That's <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> um, I will say that that part did kind of surprise me a little bit because I was, that wasn't, like you said, that wasn't really part of the vision. We didn't really discuss it all that much. But in the moment, I was like, all right, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the best, right? That's such yeah. a fun thing to happen. Yeah. Um. I think one other moment that surprised me with Masami was how brutal they were when dealing with the Oni's mask. Holy shit, yeah. Like, mm. how decapitation. fucking murderous they were. Yeah. It I'll was, be it honest, pull back the curtain a little bit. I was a little iffy on that decision. Like, after doing it, I was like, I don't know if that was like a really good idea. I think it worked out great. Yeah. I think it made, I think it made sense. I, it showed that Masami yeah. isn't like just a... I hate to use the word here, but they're not like a fucking liberal. They're like hardcore <laughs> in their beliefs, you know? They're not like yeah. milky, milk toast, ooh, you know? The but revolution kill, begins with Masami. Yeah, like, <laughs> Masami is not the kind of person to be like, if I kill, I'll be worse than them. Shut the fuck up. Kill the Oni. They're evil and they hurt people. I'm gonna stop yeah. them. Yeah. I think it was a really good, solid decision. Mm. Um, like, Masami was brutal, but I think that it made sense, especially after the history that they had mm. with them. Yeah. Which, by the way, yeah. that backstory scene, the flashback, you wrote that, Miss Sammy. Or, oh my god. <laughs> Luni, you wrote that uh, flashback with Hiroshi. That was mm -hmm. not scripted, but you wrote like the outline of it. And you were like, hey, yeah. can we do this? Is Can we do like a flashback? And I was like, are you kidding? Let's do a fucking anime flashback. Let's fucking yeah. go. Let's do this. The backstory anime flashback. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, <laughs> oh, the flashbacks we were for, really fun. Yeah. We oh, yeah. got one for each character, and mm -hmm. that was very good. Um, I think yeah. it was good. It was really fun. I, I will say it. right now, this was very anime in roleplay, and it'll be sad not to do it in future campaigns because yeah. they're, fuck you, I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> Ruby Phoenix has completely changed how I GM in the most positive way. Everything is cinematic. Even the smallest things, can, if you say it with enough emphasis and conviction and cinematic fucking flashiness, anything can be the coolest animation ever. And I guarantee that future arcs of Dice Will Roll will continue to be that level of wham you know hell fucking yeah <laughs> i think that's a um, good thing honestly so moving on uh i want to ask a, a pretty easy one who was everyone's favorite npc shen but <laughs> yeah so funnily enough the question asker spe specified you can't say shen ritz but i think i'll allow you to say shen <laughs> because out. if you if you don't say shen you'll say yarika right <laughs> like <laughs> son of a bitch you got right. cold red is the problem, Ritz. I, you know what? Who asked that? 
What's uh, the name? It's it's oh. anonymous. I say looking at the person who's definitely not anonymous. You motherfucker. <laughs> I'm gonna find out who you are. Who asked that question? I'm gonna find you. And I swear to God. Um, I'll do something. <laughs> but yeah, no, who who's your favorite NPC? Ritz Oh god. Shen Shen makes obvious sense. You did Obviously it's Shen. Yeah. It's my favorite, but I can't fucking say Shen, so You can. Uh, say it. Say Shen. You know what? Yeah, I won't play into your game, bitch. It's Shen. <laughs> and you know what my second fucking option is, by the way. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, what about the rest of you? Dave, Luna? I'm incapable of picking one person, but I, I have two. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you can say more than one. Uh, It's Tino and Sigrid. Yeah, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. I mean, literally, obviously, Lolo, but I don't know if that... Oh, yeah. Like, Lolo's less of an NPC... He he really was kind of a GMPC. Like he yeah. was my GMPC that world. that can't that can't do much mechanically. He's just a yeah, fucking guy. Just, he's just a little dude. Senku, kick their asses. When um, are you gonna actually make a fucking GM character and play with us, bitch? Uh, it's generally considered poor taste too, because well, I could whoever says that because I could just take control of the narrative. However, I have mm-hmm. done it, Ritz. True, but like not for like a whole campaign. Okay, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay, how about this? Listeners, I love if if you guys are cool with GMPCs, maybe in campaign five I'll make one. Who's to say? (laughs) But um you know, fucking shout out now if you like it. Um Yeah, my my favorite uh NPCs are Tino because I simply love him. He's Filipino dad energy. He's literally dad paladin of Aurori. Can I, can I say perfect. something? Can I say oh, something? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Tino was very inspired by your dad, Dave. That's actually unhinged. I have <laughs> a very complicated you're... relationship with my father, so that's interesting. <laughs> but specifically his mannerisms, the way he, he oh, kind of speaks yeah. a little soft and he says man a lot, you know? My dad's favorite thing is um, being in the car and um, we'll be driving. And then he's like, so why haven't you learned to drive? And I'm like... <clears throat> <laughs> Um, and Sigrid, Sigrid's just great, right? She's I liked Sigrid because I liked that she had, like, not a parallel thing, but a similar, <clears throat> like, experience to Sanku. So it was a way for Sanku to... Because Sanku was not going to deal with his emotions ever if there mm-hmm. wasn't somebody. Because I I couldn't just make him just start handling it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he didn't even want to acknowledge that anything wrong happened. Um, so I think she was really helpful for that, and I just really liked her. What about you, KK? Who's your favorite NPC? God. Damn. Um. Hiroshi. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's an entirely fair one to say, if that's your that favorite. That is a fair one to say. Um, I changed my mind. My favorite NPC is also Hiroshi. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite NPC is also Hiroshi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's hard not to love him considering he's Pathfinder Cosmic Carrier. Yeah, I was yeah, also like very much into the Akaza series at the time. So <laughs> yeah, he's great. You did a great job like helping me come up with him. Oh man, he was fun. Um, definitely one of my favorites, though. I will, I will admittedly say that that is bias because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I helped create him. Um, <laughs> oh man, Bavana is probably up there, honestly. Like yeah, yes. Definitely. She's fucking angel. Awesome. Um, <laughs> She's really sweet. Yeah, she was really good. I loved her. 
I, I really <sighs> like playing her as this person who is very open to new experiences, but also if the experience is too new, she gets a little bit like, like okay, <laughs> too much, too much. Stop like, this, stop this, stop this. Back out, back out, back out. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I love her. I, think, um, I just think that her and Masami have a very good dynamic of like yes. when Bavana tries to back out, Masami's like, no, no, no. Hey, come on. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we're experiencing this together. We're fine. We're fine. See, we're fine. Um, we're not dead. So now, next question. What was everyone's favorite fight in the campaign? Oh, gosh. You're allowed to say the same ones as each other if you have like a standout. Uh, for me, my favorite by a long shot was specifically the Ruby Tower versus the um, the, the horizontal map where you guys were fighting I... against Winter's Roar. That shit was so fun. I was thinking about that <laughs> one, actually. <laughs> it was so fucking fun. It was really, really good. Chuji spin dashing into tree people. Uh, fucking That shit was great. Masami turning on their spider climb and just running horizontally along the walls. Running along the walls. <laughs> um, oh, man. And then Sanku, like, facing off against... Um, Sigrid, you know? Oh my god, that was it was so good. It's my favorite by a long shot. Uh I have two favorite fights. Okay. Um I I feel like one of them's kinda obvious, but I genuinely I don't really care. These are fights that I had the most fun in. Mm-hmm. Um, like mechanically and like RP wise. Uh mm-hmm. but the the fight was it the first fight that we had, or was it the second fight that we had with the light keepers where Chuji went down and then came back up and beat the fucking ever-loving shit out of Dicky Sonam. Oh my god. I think that was the first one, right? Yeah. I think. Their first think fight. So. You did not hold back at all. And I was no. very Okay. Parent and Karen's, I wanted to win that fight. Yeah. Um, that that fight, uh, genuinely, I had probably the most fun I've had in like I don't know, a lot just like it when i say this i don't mean that i don't have fight like fun in fights but i it was so much fucking fun and i still i still remember how much fun i had mm-hmm. um i i love when i can tell that you want to win the fight mm-hmm. um because it's it's so much fun that way i want you to root against us <laughs> um <laughs> that fight and honestly any fight with Shen. Of course. I'll count that as one fight. Of course. Um, because those are also fights that you did not fucking hold back against. Mm-hmm. And Shen very fucking nearly won uh, some of those fights. Yes. Uh, and I was so ready to have Chuji lose to Shen. Mm-hmm. It would have been um, difficult for me, but you know what? <laughs> yeah. It would have been fine. Still really fucking fun. Yeah. Did you have a favorite uh, fight, Dave? I do. It's the first fight that we had. I really liked the one with, uh, like, <laughs> the, like, like the the fight before the tournament started. I really liked that concept. I thought it was really cute. Like the idea of like a, basically like a skirmish with mm-hmm. uh, Tino's toughest. I thought that the team itself, like the full team, not just Tino. I love every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're all they're all super cute. They were all really fun. I liked the thing that happened at the end where they needed to heal, and I casted the little. Yes, um, that was the, really the good. Healing the hot springs. Um, I I just I don't like my favorite thing is when stuff is more narrative. Um, and I liked that because of the it, it just felt really cute. It was really low stakes mm. before everything you know hit the fan. Exactly, and I like that. Um, I mean, I did say that the uh, the horizontal fight was really cool and really sick, but I think another fight that I can think of is um. 
I think it was the first one with the light keepers because that was one where you absolutely were not holding back. Mm -hmm. And I tend to have a lot more fun with like when I know that there is a challenge and I know that you want us to lose because mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, we're going all in. All right, fine. We're going all in. <laughs> I I will happily throw more of those extremely high tension. I want to win fights in the future. I love it. Please. Again, Ruby Phoenix has taught me how to like, basically re-educate me in GMing, right? And that kind of leads into the next question, which is Ruby Phoenix is seen as being a very combat-heavy module. How did you all balance that out? And I'd like to think that we did a shit ton of roleplay in Ruby Phoenix. Mm. Yeah. But as written, it is monstrously combat-heavy. It's like, you'll have, like, I think... You'll have like little moments of roleplay, but it'll be like combat after combat after combat after combat. You know, it's very, very intense. And mm -hmm. I think the way that I like to do that is by enforcing some um, roleplay between you. Being like, okay, so you guys are waking up and you're doing this. Now play for me. Play your little roleplaying game. We'll do combat once you've done the mandatory hour of roleplay. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um i mean i made a character who uh fighting is very important to mm -hmm. um and i think that that just kind of naturally lends to itself mm -hmm. uh i i couldn't imagine playing a character like myself like in this campaign who didn't like to fight um mm -hmm. or who wasn't really concerned with it uh, because why, I don't know, why play a character like that? Um, Chuji, it's, it's their whole life. Like, not just the Ruby Phoenix tournament, but being strong and fighting and it's, it's like sacred for them, honestly. Mm -hmm. So that's, it, 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 it plays into their character a lot. And I don't, I never really found it hard to RP as this character who is so battle focused, especially in like such a social environment as like a tournament with a bunch of mm. other people from other places. I mean, I think personally, the way I see it is that combat is roleplay too. Yeah, 100%. Like if you are not leaning in hard and describing these huge punches and massive explosions and wow, the spell looks amazing. If you're just like, okay, I rolled a hit. Ah, oh, it didn't work. Oh man, I wish it worked. Yes, I got a crit. That's cool. But describe it. Make it into a story. Make people start punching the air when combat happens. You know, that's yeah. how mm. that's how I feel it should work. Um, I think especially when it comes to combat and you say like when we when we finish someone off or just even like a cool move that we did, you ask us, how do we how do we do this? Yeah, which always gets the creative juices flowing and mm -hmm. always like make. It's a good visual for all of us and the audience. Um, and I also, even in playing a silent, mostly silent character like Masami, um, it's not like they were the anime cool guy who like never talked or barely ever acknowledged anyone or was kind of a fucking dickhead. Um, Every NPC and every interaction that we did, it was very refreshing for Masami because they didn't have to stay silent in the corner the entire time. They could they were allowed to like give their input and stuff like that. So I think it's just like the balance you're able to strike of of like 
getting us to talk as characters and not just moving on from one fight to the other to the other to the other to the other we had mm-hmm. moments that you would instill of like what are your characters doing or what are your characters saying in this moment right now like how yeah, are they and, thinking, I, and how you're are not that? allowed to continue the story until you talk to each other yes that too <laughs> um that definitely helps and that gives us more room to role play i think with ap's in general it's it's a guideline of like oh yeah these are the these are the events as follows but you also have downtime and in, in like between these areas between these fights you also have time to talk to each other you have time to visit the stone markets you have time to visit other like uh, other teams and talk to them and or fight them if you want to after talking or whatever like yes it does seem very combat heavy it looked by like sheer appearances but it's always good to sprinkle things in like you do when you GM for us, like for any campaign that we do. Yeah, I feel that's something that will be very prudent in the future is that like just because a com- like a campaign presents itself as combat heavy mean- doesn't mean it's devoid of roleplay. That yeah. means that the roleplay is in your hands and mm-hmm. that really adds a lot to it. I usually am just actively looking for somewhere to speak. I don't like playing characters that are bad at talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it difficult because th- then I don't know what to do. Um, so I just play characters that like will talk to anybody. Plus, I think that it helps that because we're like we're friends that have known each other for a very long time. Um, KK. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been ten years. Oh my god, it has! It's it's literally been ten years, KK. Oh my god, it has! We've passed the seven year mark. Fuck! It's forever now. <laughs> um, I think because we've known each other for so long, we're just like, uh, like, and because we make characters that are meant to work together. Like, it's not like I'm just making a character and showing up and being like, "So, what are you going to do with this guy?" Um. Mm. We're usually maybe not making them like actively with each other all the time, but I think we're trying to fill all the little roles that we need to like have. And I think that we just kind of mm-hmm. like do that. Um, one last thing I want to say before we hop into the future is uh, when we first revealed Ruby Phoenix, we released three silhouettes um, of the characters and we asked people to guess the party. And oh, I did find two, two things about that that I really like. And we'll probably do this with our next campaign as well very yes. soon. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to talk about specifically two screenshots I found that we posted uh, that were posted by uh, that we posted in our like private channels that people had made guesses on. Right. Mm. So it was Senku standing beside Masami standing beside Chuji. Right. So. Here, would you like me to read out what people t- uh, thought were these characters were going to be based on silhouettes? Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. So, Image on the left has a familiar of some sort and is carrying what could either be a backpack, large vase, or papoose. My current bet is a large vase with a flying drake familiar. I'm guessing a stag or deer beastkin ancestry, Gilman base, and most likely a staff magus. <laughs> We did consider Magus for a while with Senku, but went with Witch for yeah, Magical Girl was, purposes. Yeah, I, I think that there was a... I remember there being a small period of time where you were like, we shouldn't like go very f- hard into Magical Girl. And um, 
then eventually I was like, I actually want to go really hard into Magical Girl. And you were like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. I said, well, oh, sure, that. fuck it. Uh, central <laughs> image, Masami. Android rogue with a ninja flare. Huh. Where did Android come from? I, I'm i a little perplexed by that specific... No one noticed the tails in the silhouette. I think they I think all I know thought it was why. a cape. I, I think I know why people said Android or like thought that Masami why? was not like flesh and bone like humanoid um mm-hmm. the fucking the the blade that sticks up above their head looks like a fin oh so true yeah. when yeah when it is when it's silhouetted it looks very inhuman a lot of people thought that that was a horn yeah um, no and everyone taught your tails were a giant cape which is really fun yep. yes and now lastly this one's really fun because they're so close and then they're not <laughs> <laughs> on the right we have a monk with those large buddha bead bracelets i don't know the names yeah. i can't find them guessing that one's gonna be a cat folk <laughs> because your hair kind of look like cat ears that that is intentional a little bit and my favorite one my favorite favorite one the reason i want to do this more is there's a picture of lolo's like a, a zoom in on lolo's <laughs> little foot sticking out of the bag with the the um the strap uh, of the bag nearby and because it's a silhouette it just zoomed in and it's rat no <laughs> no that was rat, my question favorite mark, guess. question mark question mark oh man they were right they were he right was yeah. so much more than that now everyone i'd like to uh invite you all to do one last little thing before we wrap up this retrospective oh boy okay would we like a little trailer for the future? Yes. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about campaign four. <laughs> Rain gently falls over a sleepy coastal town. Merchants sell their wares. Travelers rest and plan their journeys. But unbeknownst to them, a great evil beneath the town is awakening. And the only way to stop it is to enter the Mega Dungeon. Dice will roll. Campaign 4 will be Abomination Vaults, one of the greatest Pathfinder 2nd Edition adventures of all time. Malice seeps from a sprawling dungeon complex deep beneath Otari, and the town's newest heroes must plunge into darkness to find what lies inside. Hideous monsters, deadly traps, and vast riches await the heroes who dare to enter the mysterious mega dungeon called the Abomination Vaults. Woo! Woo! <laughs> um, Abomination, I have been so... We, we picked this when I was over, um, and I have been so excited to announce it. Um, nobody guessed once it was going to be abomination vaults and that started making me nervous that people were like not going to want it but we played ruby phoenix the most combat heavy of all games as roleplay heavy we can do the hell out of this um, oh yeah <laughs> i'm very excited to play this and this isn't just an ordinary dungeon crawl i am putting my own spin on the adventure with uh, not only my own additions and changes you know, the classic dairy twist, but also I'm going to be using the incredible Abomination Vault's expanded book, uh, which is from Pathfinder Infinite and adds 100 pages worth of new content to the story. I'll be uh, making this as absolutely roleplay heavy as possible and a total bonanza. Mm-hmm. 
every monster that can talk can be reasoned with. There's m sprawling societies of strange creatures deep beneath the earth in these grody dungeons with strange secrets like how did this place get here? What lies beneath and what's truly going on? I, uh, I purchased books as well. Like I got uh, the monsters know what they're doing specifically to help me with role-playing these creatures. If you thought I was role-playing during combat before, holy shit, this is going to be taking it to the next level. Uh, every monster will have such unique personalities. Even stuff like uh, your regular like random monsters like skeletons or zombies will be oozing with character. And if you want to get a vibe of what Abomination Vaults is like, Tink, Darkest Dungeon, Labyrinth by Jim Henson, or classic 1980s D&D in general. Everyone, I'd like to ask each of you for one word to describe your characters for Abomination Vault. <laughs> Shy. Shy, okay. Divine. Divine, okay. And Dave? <laughs> uh, heroic. Very nice. By the light of your flickering torch, this will be the most classic campaign of Dice Will Roll yet. Look forward to the Mega Dungeon very soon, everyone. And as always, keep it rolling.